All right, intro time. So hi, everybody. Vulpus Dude Podcast here. My name is Michael, and today we're joined by Bolor Dojderem. I hope I got that right. Welcome back, Bolor. It's good to see you. Good to hear from you. Great. Thanks, Mike, for the invitation. And yes, you got it well. You got it perfect, actually. <laughs> perhaps you are prepared. <laughs> perhaps perhaps um, I practiced a few times before we hit record. Yeah. Let's introduce you a little bit in case people don't know you. Like, I know you from a master's program I did with you. You've written an interview on the Vobis Dude blog. Um, you've also submitted a vlog video, which is really cool. I think last time people may have seen or heard from you, you were inside a quarantine facility in 2020. Um, <laughs> maybe I can start by asking how has life changed since then for you? Oh, yeah, that is a good question. This is actually a really good opportunity to, for me to reflect back as so many things happened in last, yeah, in last two years and three yeah. years since, years since our last conversation. So everything got back to normal life in Mongolia. So I'm, I'm based in Mongolia. As Mike was saying, uh, we did the master's together in Germany. And then I uh, moved to Mexico for a while to do my thesis and then went back to Mongolia. And so I'm based in, uh, in Ulaanbaatar, the capital, since 2019, November. Basically, two months after I arrived back to my home country, the COVID started. So all the plans were ruined and then had to stay <laughs> in mm. Mongolia. And actually quite a long time, we didn't have any like internal cases. So everything was pretty okay until November 2020. But we had this yeah, little incident in April 2020 when we uh, got the first case, but it was not distributed in the country. But, you know, everyone was on, everyone Freaking was out, pa right? panicking. Yeah. And then I was on the same plane with this dude. Also, yeah, because I spoke like, I guess, few languages and the like this guy's translator was also named as Polor. So people confused me with her. So that's wow. why my family got under this panic attack. <laughs> and, yeah, that's, yeah, that's scary. Facility, yeah. But since then, I, I, I'm, I'm actually forgetting how this whole situation or experience was, how it was back then because mm -hmm. um yeah everything is back to normal now like we yeah i stopped even like hearing news i stopped counting how many cases are opening up i mean now now that things are like okay i guess do you, do you joke about it ever and tell people like yeah i was like, an early adopter of covid in, <laughs> in the country or something like that yeah you know like when you want to scare your nephew or cousin yeah <laughs> you start telling this story <laughs> actually yes and this is um i would say like people here we received it way much more sensitive i guess because nothing ever serious happens in mongolia like it's really peaceful uh -huh. country i would say yeah it used to be um so like some glimpse of this like global like global level news is taken really sensitive so yeah. even now people are quite shocked and it's a cool topic to say during the parties <laughs> okay and yeah, yeah, we, actually, we actually named this person uh so it was french person french expat coming to mongolia first time and oh wow and everyone hated him in the beginning in april just imagine like almost three million people are hating you at the same time for infecting the whole country welcome then, yeah seriously but um yeah, our our hospital the medical care, care people they took care of him, and then he got perfectly uh, recovered. So he mm -hmm. thanked 
whole Mongolia and Mongolia Mongolians also realized that it was not really nice to welcome such person in such way. So uh-huh. we said goodbye as friends. <laughs> Actually, Mongolians gave him a name as a okay as a I don't know as a how do you call it in English the first kid first child I, in a in a family or something. Yeah, firstborn child name. Yeah, for, is there a term for the firstborn or it's just firstborn? First firstborn child. Okay. Yes. Tell so, so what was this name or what did it translate to? Maybe both. Um so in Mongolian it would sound like ang otong which means first and last born child. So <laughs> basically it was like okay he's the first case but we hope that it would be last. So wow. that was like a yeah. So what do you think he he'll want to come back after his um, experience? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think yes, because I'm not sure because uh, maybe he's been get back to Mongolia a few times because since then, like, like we realized that this this pandemic, this pandemic, this um, the COVID is you can recover from COVID and yeah, especially now you learn that it's it was it was too much the uh, reaction, so people just started like talking fondly of him that okay that was the funny memory so. He's mm-hmm. well accepted now, but back then, like if you're a French person, even if you're not related really? to this side, like you would be discriminated like a lot. Like even me, like as a Mongolian who was just mm-hmm. on the plane, on the same plane, like me and my family, they got, yeah, we got, we went through quite a lot. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. from, from this blog post. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's. I mean, I was going to say that's cool. It's not cool, but um, it's interesting now hearing about it. And mm-hmm. and of course, life has changed quite a bit. Uh, I actually wanted to ask you, did um, you, so you said you did not plan on returning to Mongolia after your master's program. Like what were you originally trying to do? And I guess you, it looks like you mm-hmm. ended up staying in Mongolia, right? Could you talk a little bit about that? It was really vague moment. I honestly, I didn't know what I wanted at that time. And, um, but I thought uh, I had to at least give a shout in Germany before like completely setting going back to Mongolia. But then also on the other side, I was feeling a bit guilty, guilty of, guilty from guilty mm-hmm. of not going back to Mongolia because I somehow kind of felt obliged to come back, to go to Mongolia and, contribute to my okay. country's development somehow so I had this uh, funny and um, yeah funny innocent guilt inside of me since the beginning of the master's program actually but then yeah so I arrived and then I was not really seriously looking for a job because I wanted to first network in Mongolia and see like what people work in this environmental field and or what organizations companies and etc and I wanted to decide wanted to find a perfect company where mm-hmm. I would stay because this would be my very first yeah, serious employee. But on the other side, I would have, have gone back to Germany and not knowing in which field, like, you know, like the environmental sector is like, like yeah, huge sector. And then yes. I didn't know if I, what focus, what area I wanted to work in if I was in Germany. Probably I, w- I would have gone for any work, any job that would have given me visa and like, would have mm-hmm. paid my bills. But then, like that would have been a bit broader perspective for my, I guess, future career. But then uh, I, I did my thesis in water, in groundwater quality, 
in, in general, I wanted to work for a water sector, uh, but my I think I, my skills didn't really qualify that good for like Germany. So uh -huh. I was a bit hesitant about that. And also I had some personal, like, I don't know, issues and I, I didn't. I think, so I, I think I lost you when you said, you said you had some personal issues and then you're going into like, you were injured, talking about being in Germany, something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, funny moments to stop. At. Yeah. 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 Basically was like another, you know, step or another page in your life, right? Like after mm -hmm. graduation, what do you do? So yes. uh, I was already exhausted during my master's degree. Um, uh, I think especially... I don't know if you remember from this Mexico blog. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a really fun time, but I was really stressful. And I was mm -hmm. tired of like constantly jumping from from one country to another country or like if in this visa, you know, visa requirements and mm -hmm. this getting papers thing. And it was like too stressful. That and my some personal issues or like yeah. some decisions, they added up to this. And, and I think I had some kind of, I don't know, maybe if it's burnt out or I've, I've never mm -hmm. like gone through any process. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so I decided to take the uh, easy way, the uh, more comfortable way, like stay in Mongolia. And then the COVID started. So you didn't mm -hmm. know, I didn't like fully charge myself. Okay, let's go for Germany. And even, even though it's pandemic, even though everything is uncertain, I, like, I didn't want to push myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just decided to stay in Mongolia. And yeah, yeah. I mean... It was maybe even better that you're like at home during during the time of COVID because everything's uncertain. Like it was it was definitely a weird time. Um, but I, I feel like like from what I've seen, you you've done done well for yourself at home. Now you're like you're working in the field that you were interested in. Is that correct? So I don't I was not sure if I should should continue talking yeah, can keep or talking. Can... Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Um in the end it was it was the right choice that I stayed in Mongolia because yeah, first the pandemic. Like my parents, my family would have been crazy. <laughs> if you were if in they, another country, if, yeah, yeah. Yes. During the and pandemic. It was so hard to coming back to Mongolia or getting tickets back to Mongolia was so hard, so expensive. And then mm. you you were supposed to have some medical reasons to get on a flight and ugh, it was crazy. Also career wise, um I'm really happy where I'm now because I think in two years since that yeah in since 2022 years um i think i'm not bragging but i think i went really quickly to some certain level or certain um milestone really quick maybe for some people it would have required i don't know like five eight years but i was really lucky really focusing on network but i i, I think i got really lucky and so yeah, so I'm really happy now with the career thing and with the, uh, with staying in Mongolia as well. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Maybe you could just could you describe what what it is you do on on a basic level for people who aren't really familiar with what water resource management is. Yeah, so I'm working for an organization called 2030 Water Resources Group. It's a it's a trust fund hosted by World Bank. Several Lots of there are like lots of high level global donors, mostly private sectors and some governments. They collect, uh, they donate the money to the trust fund, and uh, all the management and administration is run by World Bank. So it's semi World Bank unit, 
mm-hmm. and um, they work with the with countries with developing countries government we do more of a consulting consultancy service to the government but without fee or without uh, pushing them for some lending projects mm. and which means that we work a lot with ministry and so we worked a lot Uh, this organization worked a lot on a high level, like on, on the ministerial level and both on the local level for a long term. So I really like this initiative because it's not like one or two years of project, uh, but it's like long term initiative that is complementing their previous year's work. So they, they put, they've contributed improving some water law, some water laws, water related laws. Mm-hmm. and regulations and uh, they've established uh, several government organizations to be so that the uh, local uh, stakeholders can run their water management system themselves on the local level and they also created this partnership platforms where public and private civil society come come together and make decisions how to use the water where to use it when to use it and yeah mm-hmm. Okay. So many directions, um, lots of stakeholders, um, really transparent uh, activities. So, I think you kind of brushed over it, but what kind of like challenges or goals does Mongolia have for its like water supply? Is it um, around sanitation? Is it around access? Could you talk about that a little bit? If you talk about the nature of the water resources, that I think all the problem issues, they start from the uh, water resources distribution because uh, we have lots of water in the north and lots of water intense activities in the south, in the Gobi Desert, the mining. We have this dilemma how to get the water in the right place in the right time. Uh, so as I said, there are lots of, and especially there are lots of surface water, which means like uh, rivers and lakes in the north, but not so many consumers or water users. And the minings in the south uh, are located in the south, and they and the only water in the south is the groundwater. There's no lake or river in the Gobi in the desert, right? And then the mining is I don't know. It contributes to the national GDP, and I don't. I think it takes more than 70%. percent. So wow. Mongolia's Mongolia's economy, Mongolia itself, was really highly dependent on mining and mm-hmm. water itself. From this, there are lots of water-related conflicts between like mining and then uh, local uh, communities, but also like the long-term sustainable like use of the water has to be like decided now. So as I was saying, like all the problems start with this uh, distribution. So um, this like this nuances has to be like taken care of while you decide with like how to have to supply water to the south right so mm-hmm. there has to be some governmental influential body not just ministry or uh, some body some mm-hmm. organ- as governmental body that is higher than ministry to coordinate ministerial activities but so there was this governmental body and they mm-hmm. got taken them down uh, due to some political reasons and the election happens every four years so every okay. four years this water governance is changed so mm-hmm. uh, so some one party is trying to bring water to the south but then after four years this all initiative is changed and the upcoming project they has to they have to make like new strategy and management 
How, how close yeah, so, are you, is Mongolia, sorry, to, to re-election? To re-election, no. Uh, uh, so or a new election, election process? Election happens every four years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why the water governance or uh, the whole government changes, the whole government mm -hmm. structure changes with the uh, every election happening. Yeah. So there are like basically two main parties and they uh, juggle between each other. So mm -hmm. like if one party starts com like com uh, in implementing one strategy for the water, it's mm -hmm. changed with the re-election. Okay. With the election, yeah. And, and, and they will just throw everything out that the previous one did and start brand new, basically? Yes. So that happens a lot. Like that has been happening until 20 until the last election, which is 2020, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you want to hear more about that, I can elaborate on that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, there were new strategies, new like policy documents every four years, even though they would have been designed for 10 years as a long-term, right? Mm -hmm. So every political party that would develop new policy, new strategy, which is not so good because they would not really have time to implement those policies. Yes. And in, yeah, in 2020, this, well, one of the main parties, they decided to stop that process and have one united long-term policy document called Vision 2050. And so this is going to, this is like brand new strategy for the politicians here to have united uh, policy for all the sectors and not just not just each sector or each ministry would have their own policy document. Mm -hmm. But this time, the whole all the ministries are working together to have one joint uh, policy and which means that their activities would be coordinated. So I don't know, maybe as a young person or... Mm -hmm. As I see this process happening the very first time in Mongolia, that the government is really putting lots of money and time to develop this policy document. And actually, I'm also get like involved in this process. And I can see that, yes, they hired a really good consultant and they're really trying to make uh, some like, thinking change, shift or mm -hmm. mentality. Uh, so, like... I want to believe that this like could be a new era for um, yeah, for Mongolia to like restart, but also like some of the some of my colleagues, especially from a few generations ago. Uh, parenthesis: I don't want to sound ageist, but this is happening. Uh -huh. um, I guess it maybe from their experience, they're still skeptical. I I can understand if you've lived yeah. through it, like people promising things and then. It not happening but but it sounds like what's being promised is like a long-term approach so yes and yeah like we yeah um yeah so I, i'm not sure if you're like heading towards like is the long-term planning actually work like do we need to like actually make this long-term planning or um the I, world is changing quickly and like <laughs> i i like long-term planning um i i believe in it uh both on like a macro level and in in personal life i like doing i like doing long-term planning for things um i like building up towards things i don't know how that would end up working in government um in mongolia because like I don't know much about Mongolia, to be honest. I do want to also use this to bridge um, into like asking about the culture in Mongolia. Like, 
what it's like there because i i assume most people um living in the west they have some idea of what mongolia is like i'm sure there's some things that are total outdated stereotypes um could you could you talk a little bit about that like what what are some things that are like stereotypes that nobody's really doing over there and like what are some things that are like still um parts of the culture that you you definitely enjoy like things i'm thinking of like in the west that people would associate mongolia with would be like riding horses um open vast open fields um i don't know people you know this is going to sound really like i'm throwing out stereotypes here but like you know hunting with eagles i think that's kind of cool though but obviously there's more to it than just like you know genghis khan <laughs> right <laughs> that is true actually like all the stereotypes that you named they actually they take place even nowadays and okay so don't feel bad for that um um so yeah um probably yeah let's start from the stereotypes um yes so um uh half of the population live in a capital city but another half is still in the uh in the countryside which means they there are still people who live uh to this uh, nomadic with this nomadic lifestyle so okay. they would move around from season to season and they have special places to yeah stay in summer and have some pasture land for their cattle and then with coldness they would move back to other warmer place uh mm -hmm. to have nice winter it does happen but maybe yeah like there are it's getting less like families using the horses to like i don't know manage their uh, cattle it's actually uh -huh. the, the number of the families are getting less because they started using motorbikes oh, so wow. if you go travel in the countryside you would see like some dude on a motorbike like directing their sheep from one direction that's kind of cool yeah but like what also on the other yeah i guess it's really efficient for them but on the other side you don't see anyone like riding horses or any kid okay. like even the kids they ride motorbikes yeah so that part is yeah existing and i'm i'm actually happy to see that like this nomadic lifestyle is being reserved um uh, but on the other side as also happening in many countries in the world like there are a lot of migration and movement towards uh, the urban cities uh, to to the capital. Well, there are not so many cities. Yeah, okay, that's another topic. So the stereotypes. Um, I think it's getting less there, like there less stereotypical views. When I was abroad, I um, I think one of the ridiculous stereotypes were that if we are part of China, uh -huh. uh, if if we were like this uh, inner Mongolia, because uh, um, I think that's like really shown on the TVs most, more often than Mongolia actually itself. So no, we are not part of China and the Inner Mongolia is, yeah, Inner Mongolia is part of China, but uh, mm -hmm. they have this Mongolian roots. So they still use the Mongolian script, but okay. their official language is Chinese. So the kids are taught Chinese in their classes. Mm. Probably one of the advanced, well, or one of the, surprising things that surprised me when i came back to mongolia was how this generation gap or mm -hmm. have these different views of people so i've communicated with like lots of people and i could see how 
this such small population, two and two and a half or two and seven million people can have such diverse thoughts or views. And I'm not sure if it's good or bad thing, but uh, there are lots of uh, social mini groups, segregations, and and some of them really advanced and really liberal. I was really surprised, like happily surprised how the LGBT rights are protected here legally and how the LGBT community is getting really open. So, yeah. So come visit, right? Yeah, definitely. You, you'll be surprised. You will see the skyscrapers, I guess, um, and also <laughs> the okay. nomads riding motorbikes bikes after camels. <laughs> I think I think both would be cool. Um, do, do people still drink this uh, fermented milk? Oh, you know it. <laughs> I I read a book of I'm you know I'm gonna sound like an idiot, but I, I read a book about Genghis Khan like a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, okay. And, and I I do recall um, like uh, Mongolians like a long long time ago, like when they were conquering the world, they, they were drinking the fermented milk, wrestling, you know, doing war activities. But <clears throat> I remember distinctly remember fermented milk being like a big part of the society a long time ago. Yeah, definitely. I just had, I had, I had it a couple of hours ago. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I actually didn't tell you. So we have this festival, summer festival called Natum, and okay. it's basically like Fourth of July for Americans, and yeah. uh, we're celebrating our independence, one hundred and one years of independence on, yeah, today. Okay. Uh, so that's why everyone is on vacation in Mongolia now. Uh-huh. Um, so we have this, yeah, you can just quickly Google Madam and you will see we yeah. do this three contests, like the wrestling and the horse riding and then the um, ar- archery. Ar- archery. Okay. Archery, yeah, yeah. Bow and arrow, yeah. So, and then also families gather together. They go to the stadium and to watch the wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And my dad went to the to the station, uh, no, uh, to the stadium. Yeah. Um, but I'm usually really bored there, so I went to my grandparents, and we were just drinking this fermented milk called okay. Iraq, yeah. fermented horse milk actually. Yes. Uh, and it's it's really ma- mild alcoholic drink, so mm-hmm. I guess I'm a bit tipsy now because I've been okay, drinking good. It since morning. <laughs> good, good prep for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I follow up and ask you which one you think you'd be best at, whether it be horse riding, archery, or wrestling? Oh man, um, I don't know. Well, women are not allowed to do the wrestling. It's oh, okay. for men, um, and only grown-ups are not allowed for the horse riding. It's only for kids, like five oh, wow. real kids, because the horses need like lightweight uh, rider. And the archery, I don't know. Like I wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I guess the archery, but yeah. Okay, arch. Then it would ha- have to be archery. That's cool. You have yeah. some other other skills that I've seen on Instagram. Like you, mm. outside of um, what you do, you also play some music. Do you, do you play in a band, or do you, do you kind of like play piano and then perform from time to time? Um, and sing, yeah, right? But- and drum, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no 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 no! It's like no. don't don't believe Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I'm I'm planning to learn drums. So yeah, I I have this band. My friends, we just figured out that 
some of us play drums, some of us play bass guitar, some of them just sing. So we just decided to create this band. And two of them, they used to play together. They were the, actually the original uh, creators, original members of the bands, and they just expanded to with this group. So yeah, it's just like, you know, like some stress management thing. Okay, and cool. uh, we're not playing anymore because... I got pretty busy in spring, unfortunately, so I played it temporarily. But I think, yeah, I'm coming back to playing soon. Uh, yeah, it's really nice to have this, you know, um, we play every week, like on the weekends, on Sundays. And like these six hours, you just completely forget about your like everyday life. You forget about everything and just like play. Even we're not professionals, okay. so there are lots of, like wrong sounds and mistakes but it just makes us happy i guess like yeah that's, that's and, yeah. um it, it is really cool to see because every time i do see you on instagram posting something it's like something completely different so so <laughs> i would like i would see it and be like oh what's what you doing this time she's like well i didn't even know you played could play oh. the drums um yeah well i, I do I, I play the keyboards, piano. I so I went to school, so I, I I know how to play the keyboards. But with the drums, I was just finding out, trying out, and actually found out that it's really fun and it seems like I can do it. So um, I'm actually planning to take some drum classes, but I'm not sure if my neighbors will be happy with that. Oh yeah, that might be tough. I, I think you can use like some sort of pad though, right? Like headphones and a pad, and then yeah, it's not yeah. that loud. Yeah, I think. I wouldn't be allowed to do drums over here. I'm already loud enough, so probably won't happen. I, I did want to touch on another thing that you do, um, or I don't know if you've been keeping up with it recently, but you do have a YouTube channel. Um, I, I would best describe it like as a vlog where you talk about life and travel, some other topics. Um, are, are you still keeping up with that? Is that something of an interest to you still? Um. No, um, yeah, so I stopped doing it, um, and but I published two videos since I decided not to continue with YouTube. It was during the COVID, it was during pandemic, and yeah. I found it really hard to focus while doing home, while home officing. So I created yeah. this like three, four hours of video, like study with me, work with me, and they actually worked, they actually worked. Uh -huh. um, um so yeah but other than that i yeah i'm i think i'm done with youtube <laughs> forever um yeah yeah well okay. i guess never say yeah never say never, never or never but yeah i in the near future i really have no interest in continuing with that <laughs> okay cool i mean i but, i skimmed through the channel and I, I wanted to ask about a fluffy bunny challenge you did oh <laughs> 2017 for for people who don't know what fluffy bunny is you you um what you basically put as many marshmallows into your mouth as you can and try to say fluffy bunny um super dangerous right like you could die <laughs> choking on marshmallows yeah. right well what a funny way to go but i even i forgot like anna and uh Ong yeah and, and then and then another actually... friend yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, we, 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 oh, I actually forgot her name. I don't know. We just found her in the dormitory. Like, hey, would you, would you, do you want to play a game with us and be recorded? She said yes. And we just played together. Oh, okay. that was a fun day. Can be really funny. <laughs> okay, maybe we could and, try that. Yeah. Keep... And uh, what direction you were thinking to go if you start the, uh, if you start YouTube? Um, I don't know. Like, okay, so I have YouTube channels for for the different things I do, like the media and the um, Vobis dude thing. But I don't, I don't really use them like a a vlogger does. Like, I don't post regularly. I just use it as a platform to put my stuff, um, to, to host my my like videos, documentaries, things like that. Um, it's a good question. Like, I guess. If, if I could get people physically in place to do podcasts and then I could record them, um, do some high quality producing, um, unlike the low budget stuff that I'm doing now, um, <laughs> then, then maybe I could put that on YouTube. I, I don't know if I could keep up with like putting out weekly content on YouTube. Because um, when, when I produce video, I, I like to put in a lot of time and effort. I'm not saying that vloggers don't. They definitely dedicate their lives to doing this. But I, I think I could not dedicate that time and effort um, that's required. So so for now, yeah, I'll just use it as a platform to host host the things I, I make from time to time. Yeah, that that sounds that's a great idea, actually. Um, me myself, I was also thinking about yeah, like interviewing some some interesting people while being on a trip or yeah, mm -hmm. whenever I meet anywhere. Um, yeah. Oh, good luck. I'm sure you will get there. You'll find. <laughs> yeah, I would like to. I mean, yeah. <laughs> even now, like I'm talking to you through through uh, Zoom. So so you, you can do it like this. Um, it, there's definitely a way higher quality way to do it. Maybe someday. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me? I mean, we haven't talked in like a long, long time. I I promise I'll visit you. Not this year, but maybe maybe next year, something like that um yeah that would be really cool yeah yeah um well i pre i follow you on instagram and on facebook so i i think i i'm pretty much like updated on your life uh -huh. yeah uh, but i don't yeah of course no one knows like what what is happening behind the uh camera on the phone but but it's so cute to see you cooking and like making this um funny videos of Miriam that's that's um, yeah. kind of what my social media is it's just making fun of Miriam she hates being um on camera so so anytime mm -hmm. I can get her on camera it's a it's a treat I think it's like it's her being kind of shy and then also being German at the same time they they hate mm -hmm. being filmed so mm -hmm. but it, that also makes it more satisfying when you get her on camera yeah. <laughs> against, <laughs> against her will uh, so yeah Actually, where are you located now? I'm I'm still living in Munich. Yeah, on the the west west side of the city. Follow up question: People often ask me is when are you going back to the U.S. Uh, right now, I think I'll stay in Germany for a bit of time. It's really weird. Like all the crazy uh, stuff in the U.S. seemed to happen like right after <laughs> I left in like 2016. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe if I come back, it it'll it'll switch back. But yeah, I don't I don't know when I'll, when I'll go back. I go back to visit friends and family um, from time to time, but 
but that that's about it really when was the last time you visited a family uh, i visited family i think last summer last summer i was there oh, okay okay so during during covid yeah yeah during covid yeah are you in touch with the uh with the other sara miss <laughs> um i'm in touch with a couple i mm-hmm. i will visit <coughs> um diego um and wade who are SRMEs in portugal they mm-hmm. both live in portugal now so oh, okay so i'll wow. visit them during this cool. summer probably around the time like that this podcast comes out i'll be in portugal which is which will oh, be really nice. nice for me and I'll, i'll get some sun over there it's nice to see like everyone who stayed in germany like sometimes like meeting up each other mm-hmm. yeah and you know like this covid years they kind of made me well like it was impossible to travel anywhere so mm-hmm. like, no matter how you wanted you wanted to go this thing like i don't know the podcast or even though i'm starting to okay i'm always contradicting with myself yeah, so go, i go for it try try well i don't want to be dependent or relied on like social media or yeah. these e-platforms a lot but then you know like the only thing that saved us i guess the e-platforms the social platforms even for work or for socializing families and etc so like one of the reasons that i like quit youtube because like so many people spend their time on social media right yes. and uh, no like physical interaction or like uh communication etc but then the then covid started so i just didn't have right to complain about it but then uh it can be a good thing actually i think this shifted my this thinking okay. that oh this like ai the it's con- like starting to take over our <laughs> consciousness it is it, yeah, a bit yeah yeah probably it kind of the covid pandemic softened this pretty much radical or like quite uh, yeah radical thought of mine because mm-hmm. like like this like podcasts like catching up via internet via media can be actually almost the same as catch him up uh in person it's so. it's very close i mean yeah we can't we can't like eat together or whatever but i i would say like i i had a similar relationship with social media i i spent i don't know maybe the past year and a half kind of withdrawing from instagram i haven't really posted much privately mm-hmm. like recently i've had a resurgence because i have so much time now so i wanted to make some content mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's like, yeah, you have to figure out your relationship with it. I, I want to ask a really random question talking about future AI um, and, and going into robots. Okay. Would you let your children date a robot if, if that ever um, came to be a possibility? I feel like it might for some people. Well, that is an uh, interesting question on many levels. I don't know, without any doubt, I just want to say yes because because uh-huh. um, I don't I don't want to be a limiter for my You don't want to get canceled by robots when this podcast comes out in <laughs> in 20 years. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I don't Maybe know. Maybe I'm asking intolerant about... questions, yeah. Sorry, yeah, um... robots. <laughs> keep going, oh, keep going. They're, they're they're already uh they already cut the space we're, we're joking now but yeah it might be i might be gone yeah. so yeah i guess like 
I'm pretty sure like in future, in the near future, okay, maybe not in 20 years, but in the near future, like it's going to be completely normal in our daily lives. And like what I'm feeling now, it's not going to really even matter in the future. What I'm trying to say to my nephew or niece, like if I had kids, I guess I would have been like saying it to my kids uh, that stop using the phone or stop using the Amazon or whatever that much. Um, it would not have mattered. It's, it's just a matter of time. It's coming. So like, there's no point of uh, fighting with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see what you mean. Cause like I, my parents used to tell me to stop watching the TV and now they're playing like candy crush or Duolingo the, the entire day on their phone. So things, things really do change. I guess. Yeah. I guess. And maybe in 20 years, you're, uh, if you ask this question, I guess you'll, you might get under a term like I don't know robophobic or something like yeah. that. So I, I feel like I'm asking. I'm just curious. I'm not robophobic, yeah. but um, <laughs> I, all right. I have a completely different question for you now. Um, I've asked a couple people this. It's 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 not that philosophical. It's more more granular. Um, if you had to hide a paperclip, um or an object the size of a paperclip in, in the room or the house that you're in, the building that you're in, um, where would you do it? And the people searching for it, um, they're really scary, they're really bad. And uh, they have like 24 hours to look look for this object. Let's just put some stakes on it. If, if they don't find the, the paperclip, you win like a million dollars or, or something something you really want. Can I ask questions? Yeah, you can ask questions. Like, of course. Awesome. Um, do they, would they use some equipment to find? The um, let's say they don't have a metal detector. They don't have. They don't have that. Um, and, and they don't have an x-ray machine either. Or a paper sniffing, paper clip sniffing dog. I, I just want to see how you think. I yeah. wanted to say, like, my immediate answer was just on the back of the person who is looking for it because it's really mm-hmm. small and stick it to their, I don't know, like, while giving a tap. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Why would I hug a person who is looking something in my house? I but I guess, like, hello, and then tap it on the back. That's interesting. If the person is not using the uh, any machine. I had some <laughs> not so appropriate <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> We can go. beep this part out, um, and you can just tell me. Beep. But yeah, I guess the most, um, yeah. So on on the body, on the part of the body of the person, uh-huh. where he or she or it cannot reach or find with the help of some equipment. Okay, cool. That that's the first time I've heard that answer actually. So. Okay, so now you have to tell me what, like, what, what, what is it? What does it mean? What, what does it tell? It doesn't tell any. This is just something I kind of thought, thought of, of like, I, I don't know. I, I was looking for different questions to ask people in interviews, and some of them that are commonly used are, are pretty good ones. But I figured a nice thought exercise would be different after asking someone like a philosophical question. Mm-hmm. I just want to see oh, what oh. people's brains are doing when given like a task like this there's nothing there's nothing like i okay maybe you can infer things philosophical ideological political from 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 this but i just want to see where someone would go to hide something it's like playing hide and seek okay my my last question for you actually since we're uh 
running close on time here is did you choose to match the background with your hair and nails because everything's pink and it looks like it's color coordinated uh your question why why i chose this set yeah yeah um well i can show you around actually no i'm in a cafe um oh. I, I don't know it was oh cool the, it was the quietest spot <laughs> and my nail <laughs> yeah it was funny. um nail i don't know if, i don't even know but i i asked the uh, cafe lady where's the quietest spot and uh -huh. she gave me this spot which is nice and cozy actually okay i thought that was your apartment i was like wow you have a pink wall that says like <laughs> enjoy the little things Yes, this is my like bedroom. I have this uh, hanging thing on my. Hey, now. that's pretty magical. Yeah, so I'm I'm in my hometown now. Um, actually, I liked doing this, and I was actually pretty happy realizing that I have uh, this podcast with you because it's I haven't gone on vacation for two years since I started working. So, wow. and then um and then June was crazy, and I actually thought that I was not getting this vacation, but mm -hmm. I got it. And also my uh, grandpa was a bit sick. So I like I was really happy today, like being in my hometown with my grandparents, being mm -hmm. on vacation and having time to, you know, like self-reflect a bit and plan some stuff for myself. I also got to know that I would chat with you, which is it would come really relaxing um, and That's good make you think of yourself. Because like I was just like all about work, and it's kind of good mm -hmm. to have time for myself. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. I'm. I'm glad I can ask you weird questions. So I appreciate you coming on, and uh, thank you, thank you for coming mm -hmm. on. Thank you to anyone listening. Um, do you have any final thoughts or or things you want people to check out before we let them go? Um. Well, I guess I just had this final speech. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, check out all Michael's media. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Media. You, you guys and can check that a out. Lot. <laughs> okay. Um. Cool people. We'll we'll talk soon. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye.